It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robert Washett, Abby Barmore will join us later as she's still celebrating in a red cowboy hat from that big <laughs> Nebraska volleyball win over Wisconsin. Um, but we got a big week, guys. Um, another 2.30 game. Purdue comes to town. They're 2-5. and five. Um, A lot of adversity, though, once again. And, and that continues. I mean, you're like, okay, the, the adversity is finally behind this team. And I can remember, Robin, in your reaction when I first got wind on Monday of these O-line injuries coming down the pipe. I mean, it was almost like there's no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way. Three of the starting five offensive linemen now out. Nuri Newelli will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, but Turner Corcoran out for the season. Um, Ethan Piper out for the season. So, you, you know, that, that that's going to really change the look of this team. But th- does it really matter? I mean, like – has the offensive line played at a world-class level as it is? I mean, they're going to replace these guys with three guys that have played. Nebraska's not going to win games because of their offense. They're going to win because of limiting their mistakes. They're going to win because of their defense. They're going to win because of their special teams. Um, but just another setback for this team as they have just five more to go. Oh, it matters. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. But it, it, it always matters when you lose guys with that much experience. Piper's a I mean, Piper's – you could make an argument that Piper's the foremost leader on the team, the way they talk. A captain-like. Yeah. In the first round of single-digit voters, too, as an offensive lineman. So, yeah, it's – no, has the offensive line performed all that well? Not necessarily, but they are averaging 195 Still, rushing yards yeah, a game. Top 20 rushing offense in the country. Right. So it's not – I don't want to – it matters. And I'll tell you what would matter. If they lose one more guy, it would matter a lot. Because, because they're down to the – they don't have experience. They've really. emptied the cupboard. Yeah, they've emptied the cupboard. But, I mean, if you think about it, in totality, that Nebraska's without eight of the 11 starters in game one on offense. Eight of the 11 Well, are think out. about Big Ten media days. Two of the three guys that went out there are, aren't playing or contributing. Refresh me on that. It seems like years ago. Sims and Piper. Sims and Piper. And then, Sims and Piper. And then they haven't had Luke Reimer consistently all year. Right. Yeah, he missed two games. So, yeah, eight of the 11 guys on offense that started the opener are, are not available right now. Eight of the 11. Yeah, and you for an offensive that. line, that their whole mantra is five guys, one set eyes, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. when you disrupt that to this magnitude, there's going to be some disruption, <laughs> I guess is the way to put it, where, like... I mean, you're talking about Ben Scott now having two different guards on both sides of him and, yeah. a, and, a, and a left tackle with Teddy who, sure, he, I mean, he was projected to be the, the starting left tackle by many coming into this season, but just hasn't played a whole lot. Right. He's pay, played very little football over the last three years because of injuries. And so, I mean, just where is he right now? I mean, we know what his potential could be, but where is he and how far away is he from that? And there's a reason. People always wanted to know why Teddy wasn't playing. Well, there was a reason. Turner was better than him. And so there's going to be a drop-off. In the coach's eyes, there's going to be a drop-off from every one of those players that is out, no matter, for, with, with Nuri just a couple weeks. I, yeah, and I, I'm not totally giving into the idea that these guys might be a, a better, but you're right. I mean, if they are, it'll be kind of weird because it, then it would mean, well, what, what's going on in mm-hmm. practice? But, yeah, I guess we just got to wait and see. But I, I expect that it will be a little rough to start. I'll be really curious how Ryan Walters attacks Nebraska this week because uh, a week ago, Northwestern only blitzed twice. That, yeah. But the week before, Illinois, which is basically running a Ryan Walters blueprint still on defense, brought pressure on Harburg the entire game. Uh, traditionally, point. Walters has been a bring five guy. Like, like That's been his base, play straight man, single high safety. Are they going to be that aggressive knowing that Harburg 
as a runner is a great weapon, or will they drop back more on Harburg because they want him to make those tight throws, or will they bring the pressure because of the line situations? And that will be a big thing to watch early, how yep. aggressive they go at that O-line or if they drop back in coverage. Go ahead, Rob. Well, yes, good, that's over my pay grade. You know, it's, it's interesting because Ryan Walters made his hay as a defensive mastermind. Like he was a big reason why Illinois had the season that they did uh, a year ago and was in prime position to win the West Division. It's because of the play of that defense. But then you look at what Purdue has done thus far; they've been bad on the defensive side of the ball, which I'm sure a lot of that's personnel, but there's, I'm sure there's other reasons. They rank no higher than tenth in any major defensive category in the Big Ten. Uh, including rating dead last in passing defense and scoring defense. Mm. So, I mean, they've struggled a lot. So Nebraska certainly has their share of issues offensively, but so does Purdue defensively. Defense, yeah. Like, they they have been a uh, porous unit mm-hmm. so far um, that, you know, I think that will help maybe even the scales a little bit with all the issues Nebraska's dealing with. You know, they, they've got a probably as favorable of a defense as they're going to see the rest of the way. Well, this is a two and five Purdue team, but they easily could be a four and three like Nebraska. I mean, they, their margin of two wins versus four wins is not much. I mean, they, they, they played Iowa very tough, um, you know, a couple weeks before the bye. But the Illinois um, game got your attention the way they beat Illinois. I haven't looked at Purdue that closely. Who have they played in the East besides Ohio State? Um, now, now you've got me stumped. Robin, here. Robin, Robin. Uh, they played. Robin, let's Robin. see. They played Ohio State. They played. That's it. Okay. So they're they're they played Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin. Okay, so it's not like they played a killer schedule. They lost so, to Iowa by six. They got blown out by Wisconsin. Killed Illinois. Yeah, the yeah. Illinois game is the outlier. A forty-four yeah. nineteen win. Gets your attention, doesn't it? That gets your attention. For sure. Uh, they beat Virginia Tech, who's really down. Fresno State, who's good, beat them by four. Mm-hmm. But Syracuse, who is you know a solid team, beat them by 15. This is a toss-up game. This no is what question. It is. This is, that's what Nebraska is playing on Saturday is a game that's a toss-up game. I, it's hard to pick. Being at home, it's going to be colder, too. Like it's not. We, we've been blessed with these 75-degree picture-perfect Saturdays all year. Or even hotter than that. This will be a, the first kind of true colder game day in Lincoln, where you know the high, the high temp is low forties right now. I just think this sets up far more in Nebraska's favor, where you talk about the the two biggest issues are Nebraska's offense and Purdue's defense. Well, you know, in a, a game like this, offense is going to be hard to come by anyway. So how are you going to win with your defense? And Nebraska's defense, I think, is the clear best unit that's going to be on the field. You know that's, what? I heard Jim Rose, our friend Jim Rose today, this morning on his radio show in Omaha, KFAB, say that Nebraska has the best defense in the Big Ten West. And you know what? You can make a very strong argument that it is. It's Iowa or Nebraska. Mm -hmm. It's one of those two. And Nebraska's right there with them, right there with Iowa. Well, what's amazing about the defense is they just keep pulling new rabbits out of the hat. Mm -hmm. I mean, one week it's Javon Wright, one week it's Bayer. Now James Williams, I mean, Iowa Good Central point. guy that just comes from – I mean, he, he was at that postgraduate camp, and a lot of people, I think, snickered, like, what are you going to run a JUCO transfer camp for? Well, they got two players out of it. Luke Longville, the quarterback, and James Williams. Big. Both came out big. of that postgraduate camp. It's big. And, you know, but that takes commitment, time, work, uh-huh. and that starts the head coach. Yeah, it's, man, it's, it's managing your roster, and you're right. It does take commitment, time, and work. you gotta, you got to want to work it and, and yeah. organize it and, and get kids to show up to it. And they found two players, and one of those players helped them win a game. I would think they'll keep doing it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure others will look at it. But there, there's a lot of good JUCO players now that don't even really get looked at because the portal is so much sexier. You know, like the portal, the Power it, Five guys, they're fed better, they lift better. Um, you know, they have more pedigree generally. Where JUCO guys are going to be either under the radar, or maybe some baggage. Right. Um, so great point, Sean. I, I think they can find a guy. Like, I mean, Luke Longville. James, yeah, James Williams. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sean. No, you're good. James Williams just came out of nowhere. We didn't know where he was from. We were saying Iowa Western. He's from Iowa Central. Well, Nebraska's own bio page says Iowa Western. Oh. Well, that's they listed Iowa Central and Iowa Western on it. They, maybe they've changed it since. We, um, but as we, of Saturday, it had both of them. And we did have a profile on him on On Three. I created that when he committed, but there's so it's such a common name. Yeah, yeah it doesn't even show up. <laughs> so it's, it's, never, it's never been tagged. So there, there. I mean, there's literally like 
50 James Williamses in our database. So we, we weren't able to um, tag him in our postgame stuff. But another great story on a season of defense that's been really fun to watch. But all right, when we come back, we're going to talk offense for Nebraska, uh, what to expect here from this unit as they get ready for Purdue. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, getting you ready for Saturday's 230 Purdue versus Nebraska game here in Memorial Stadium. Four straight home game at 2.30 this year. But before we get to that, this segment of the program brought to you by Bauer Underground. They're helping shape Nebraska's infrastructure future, and they're looking for new members to join their team with open positions for laborers, equipment operators, aerial linemen, and foremen. Bauer Underground is searching for the best in construction Visit BauerUnderground.com to learn more about career opportunities and industry-leading benefits, including competitive pay, employer health insurance, dental, disability, vision, and life insurance, 401k match, new top-of-the-line equipment, and a clothing allowance. No experience? No problem. Bauer will train the right people in the field, giving you the hands-on experience you need to build a long and rewarding career. Want to learn more? Visit Bauer Underground on Facebook to view the testimonials from the Bauer teammates, hear about their experiences, the company culture, and the importance of their work. We'll see them every game, by the way. Uh, they have their big tailgate parties, and uh, they sit right up in the, the press area. So they, they really take great care of their employees. They're family-owned with crews and work sites across the state. Wherever you live, uh, you can find a spot for more information. Like Bauer Underground on Facebook or visit BauerUnderground.com to come start your new career today. All right, let's jump into offense um, and Sip, you did ask Marcus Satterfield this, and, and nobody really came clean. That Was there ever a discussion to maybe give Jeff an opportunity last week? Jeff Sims. Our, our feel where we were sitting was like it had to be the, ball, the wheels were maybe turning a little bit, but then Harburg put together that big drive before halftime. Without that drive, though, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened there. Yeah, Satterfield said they never considered the number two, they didn't, or, they, or he said they didn't have the discussion. Um, the discussion was with Heinrich, just to, what do we got to do to get you going, get you find some rhythm. So yeah, he, I mean, he he said, and he said he didn't lose patience with Heinrich, and that that's kind of in keeping with what Rule Matt said after the game, um, which is we got to work these young guys through the issues. Mm -hmm. So Heinrich, it wasn't like Heinrich was terrible the whole way. I mean, he had his moments. I still say when he turns the corner, it's trouble for the defense. I mean, he's, when, he, when he's on a run. Mm -hmm. um, and he hit that big big pass play on the belly option play to Malachi, which was great. Great pass. Great throw. I mean, he made a great throw. Yeah, and so he, I'm not surprised that they came out and said it, but you got to wonder like how close they were actually maybe just thinking it. Like as a staff, like they didn't have a formal conversation. Should we put in Jeff Sims? But I wonder. I mean, everybody else in that stadium was thinking it. I was thinking it. You I were was. thinking it. Yeah, like was thinking it was good to the point where this the offense was not functioning, and they right. were turning the ball over, dropping the ball. Like it was, it was just a mess, a discombobulated mess. It was pretty bad. And so I, I don't care if you're playing, you know, Iowa, Purdue, or anybody that's left on your schedule. If you operate like that offensively, more often than not, you're going to lose. They were fortunate that Northwestern did not capitalize more than they did, given all the opportunities they laid out on the table for the Wildcats. Well, and they dropped seven or eight, and there's no windows for Har Harburg. I mean, there are a lot of tough throws oh, he's got to make. I mean, Fedoni has, like, a guy draped on his back. I mean, he, I mean, he's not getting open. I mean, you just have to get it to him. But my fear, if they would go to Sims, is Sims is going to have this mentality almost like to win the game on his – or, you know, kind of win the job back. Or, you know, is he going to put a lot of pressure on himself um, to kind of try to win it all back – in this one opportunity he gets, 
Um, and then what does that do to Harbor too? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of prongs to that discussion because if it goes wrong, you know, it could be a, a tough deal. But yeah, it could be. It could be seriously. I mean, and, and, and there's a bottom line to this discussion. And that is Harburg is four and one. No, I mean, they're a four and one with Harburg. Let's hit running back here because Emmett Johnson <coughs> played by far his most snaps, got his most carries by far in his career. I think we were all surprised. He took 33 reps at running back in terms of snaps to 11 for Fleeks and 11 for Grant. Mm. So 60% of the running back reps went to Emmett Johnson. Mm -hmm. Well, he's reliable. I mean, he's pretty reliable. I mean, he had to fumble against Illinois, but he's pretty reliable in pass protection. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't. You know, there's not bust. He doesn't mess up plays. And he ran 12 times for 73 yards, which is 6.1 a carry, if I'm doing my math correctly. That's pretty good. Yeah, he ran hard. Yeah. Now, today, Tuesday, Satterfield would not say if he's the guy. Um, that competition with Grant is – it's it continues. But it looks to me like Emmett Johnson's the guy at this point, which is really surprising to me. So if you go over the last two games, Emmett's started both of them, but they've both been – much different as they played out to where at Illinois, it was still Anthony Grant that got the lion's share of the workload by a pretty clear margin, even carries. though Emmett, Emmett Johnson started. But then uh, on Saturday, I mean, it was Emmett's show where Anthony Grant was just a complimentary piece to that. And so maybe that's a direction that they're trying to, to go with now going forward. And they're, you know, creating that aura of competition um, to where you're not going to come out and say he's our guy, he's the clear number one, just to kind of keep things going yeah. and, and keep that intensity going. But, I mean, you just look at the way things have been trending over the last three weeks. Anthony Grant is losing his grip on that number one job yeah. significantly to where now you just got to wonder, like, how much of a factor will he even be based off last week? You wonder if he's not cutting as well and doing things as well because he's so worried about holding on the ball. Could be. It looks like, like a confidence issue to me, too. He's not running with as much confidence. You can see it. I, I don't know what to say about it. And, and sometimes it just takes a couple runs to get your confidence back. If he gets a big gain. He had a um, nice – he had one nice run against mm -hmm. Northwestern. I mean, mm -hmm. like a 10, 11-yard type run. But, no, I mean, nobody had a, any runs longer than that other than Hartberg. No, they didn't. Yeah. But with that running game, though, like that, I think we talk about all the issues with the offensive line and the, the passing game. Like that's where Nebraska is going to have to win against Purdue. And our friend Michael Severe had a really good stat said Purdue's defense has allowed 104 long plays, which are considered run plays of 10 or more yards. That's the second most in the Big Ten Conference with teams of seven or more games. Uh, Nebraska has what? Has the most long rushing plays in the Big Ten, rushing plays, with 43. Hmm. So, like, those, when, when they do hit, Nebraska's popping them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that's Heinrich Harburg. And so you want to yes. talk about this running game, like, Harburg, with his issues passing the ball right now, they have to utilize him better as a runner, and he has to be more efficient because that's that is the most dangerous weapon they have right now on Heinrich. that offense is Heinrich's running. I do like that they'll have all week to get this offensive line ready. Like it's yeah, not like sure. you're just scrambling on Thursday here. Right, like, good. Riola and, and Rule and Satterfield have the whole week to get Prohaska to get Evans Jenkins, uh, Lutowski, who was once a starter, um, back out there and then get those guys ready and. Those players will be locked in. Uh, I'm not. I mean, the receiver position is what I'm more worried about right now. Um, just can they? What, what's realistic from this group? I mean, there, there, there isn't. I mean, can you find more big plays to Coleman down the field? But after that, what is it? Is it just underneath throws to Alex Bullock? Well, what's Jaden Doss have? That's the big question because because Billy Kemp is out and Jaden as a slot multiple guy. weeks with an MCL. Yeah, and so Jaden Doss is the starter now. Mm -hmm. So what? I, what, what's he bring? I mean, is it possible? He might, he might give you a little more in some areas than Kemp. I think he gives you a little more explosion than Kemp. But Kemp's that savvy guy who's going who's gonna to run precise routes. He gets with, open in zones. Gets open in zones, and he runs what well, Kemp runs well after the catch. He's tougher than hell. Can, can Doss do those sorts of things? How... I mean, how comfortable is Doss in the with all of the offense? I don't. I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to say. That's what he did in high school, though. I mean, he was yeah. that kind of gadget, Debo Samuel type guy. Ooh, that'd be good. That you know, you can utilize as a runner. You can that'd put him good. in a different different spots on the field at receiver. So I think I, the ideal picture of him fits what they are going to need him to do to a T. But to your point, how 
ready is he to take on that responsibility as the sole number one at the slot position? And then Jalen Lloyd and Ty Hahn and, you know, I, I don't know if there's a six guy. I mean, I don't know who would be. Is, is there a six? It's the <clears throat> Yeah, they just moved a couple guys over to defensive back that you would be in that conversation. So just like a Bryce Turner move back over or what? Like, they don't have any bodies. I think after the Michigan State game or around that time, that's when you'll see them begin to play more fresh like sam sledge and gatula those guys are probably going to play four games so it'll be late and we might see those guys kind of split a game here for extra point teams and other things like that but rule i really like how they manage and play with the four game rule it's it is by far the best we've seen a coach do it in nebraska mm-hmm. where like there is a a plan to maximize the four games on this roster a couple of the things um now you hope coleman maybe catches fire a little bit because he caught that long pass sometimes it sometimes that 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 can be a spark a 44 yard touchdown pass could do wonders I don't want to say he wasn't confident but it would if he was it would help and if he was confident already it would just further bolster it I don't want to say he wasn't confident I don't know but that that could really help you got to get a little more from I mean Fedonia right Sean I I still say he can get open I mean you're a Chiefs fan Kelsey gets open all the time um, I think he has a lot of – I think there's a lot of tension on, on Kelsey, right? Oh, yeah. Um, He's also talking about, like, the greatest tight end in <laughs> history. Like, it's cheesy there, Lamar. <laughs> Lamar, Jeff, I mean, Thomas Jackson over here. Thomas is a good player, but – Let's lower the got, bar a little bit. For I wasn't suggesting. I wasn't suggesting that he's as good as Kelsey should match him, but you can get. I mean, you can get open. And you're not familiar. Sipple said earlier this year. We don't that, need to recap that. that and it's, I'm going to wear a Lamar Jackson. It's time stamped that Jeff Sims is a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. And Robin and I doubled down. And Ebert said, "Are you sure about that?" And, and I'm going to bring up some of the things you said here pretty quick. <laughs> okay. All going. right. Well, on that note, let's. <laughs> we're going to come back. We'll talk defense next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett talking defensive storylines. But before I get to that, this segment of the show brought to you by our favorite sponsor, Caldera Lab. Um, It is a great skin product for men. helps you. Look fresh, feel younger, look younger. 94% of men have shown uh, results by using Caldera Lab in their skin products. It takes 30 seconds in the morning, 30 seconds in the evening. I've been using it since the beginning of football season. Uh, Steve Sipple has not been using it, if you can't tell. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Hey, catching strays. Just look at Burt Reynolds <laughs> over there. <laughs> <laughs> but Cal, okay, like we got a great special for our Husker Online users: twenty percent off by using promo code Husker God. at calderalab.com. That's write this down, Steve Sipple. Okay, promo I got it. Promo code Husker <laughs> at calderalab.com. Thank you again to Caldera Lab for sponsoring us here on the Husker Online Show. I think it looks like Matt Rule kind of in the Caldera Lab picture there. Might um, be. Look at that. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind Let's of. go with kind of. <laughs> Sorry, Coach. Let's we go with we, not really. Not really? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down to not really. Not really. Point. He's got yeah. the same kind of facial hair. It's when he's yeah. at, when his, his he does have facial hair. Yeah, that's what he looks like. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk defensive storylines because obviously that is the story of this team, the way they've been playing. And I think it's so many of us just want to say, like, what kind of burden and weight do you carry as a unit knowing the pressure you have as a unit to, you know, and we saw it play out that way Saturday. They had to hold up three times in Force Northwestern into field goals where they easily could have been touchdowns. That, that would have been the difference in a game like this. Yeah, and I, I thought Tony White was interesting on Tuesday in his regular media appearance with Satterfield. He, he said it – he kind of takes it – he said he took it personally, the kind of the criticism of the offense, because he credits the offense 
with the way the defense is playing. That the that the offense, especially the way they the offense runs the ball, gets the defense ready, got it ready for the season. He also says he's been on staffs where the defensive coach or the offensive coaches aren't really interested in helping the defense get prepared for games and for the season. And this this is truly um you know, it was interesting, and, and I know this all sounds a little trite, but he was, if you watch him, if you just go back and watch, it's very genuine. I mean, and it, it is, it does speak to the team element that kind of the team, the team, oh, the way, the way Rule approaches all this. Mm-hmm. It is very much a team, and I thought I was struck by it. Personally. Yeah, and that's what you see in a situation like this a lot, where one side of the ball is doing all of the heavy lifting, like resentment. Resentment is a natural thing. Where all of a sudden it's like we're busting our butts out here. What are you doing? You know why? Why are we losing? Because it's not our fault. Whose fault is it? It doesn't seem to be the case, or at least enough to where it's become much of an issue at all with this group. And I, I do think that that starts at the top. But I also you got to go to the players too. Oh like, yeah. I mean, coaches can say, you know, we're all a team, you know, let's just do this together all they want. But if the players don't buy into it, it doesn't matter. And so I think the veteran leaders that are setting the tone with that, like the guys that have the most right to be upset, they're the ones pushing that narrative. So I think that's probably the most critical thing about why this season has been able to rebound the way it has is because that locker room hasn't fractured. And yep. to me, that that is 100% or most of the credit to the players. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk defensive storylines. Seven games in, do you guys think there's an all Big Ten level player? I'm not saying first team necessarily, uh, second, third team. Yeah, Could Nash Huttmacher get on there? Could yeah. Ty Robinson? It will, I mean, that's something to watch as this season progresses. Unfortunately, Luke Reimer, I mean, his injuries, I think, are going to make it hard for him mm-hmm. unless he just has a home run finish to the year. Um, but can they get any recognition for the way they've played? Because they're playing well every week. But it's. I think that's what's unique about this unit. They don't have just like that Indomitian Sioux guy they build around. No, they don't. They don't really have a pure star player. I think. I think Robin's right. Nash Hutmacher is probably the closest you'd get right now, and he's. I don't think he's a first team All Big Ten player, but he's. He's. I mean, he's the closest you could probably get to a star player, right? It is an interesting. It is a very interesting dynamic to me because it's because we just established a little bit ago it might be the best defense in the West without a Cooper DeJean. DeJean. Mm-hmm. Help me with that name, please. DeJean. DeJean. Without a Cooper DeJean, without without a, a Levante David, without a start, without a you know Campbell last year at Iowa, first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. No, no first round draft picks on this defense. No, not at all. And while Nash is by far the most productive defensive lineman, just in terms of the way that he's changing offenses i think saturday was a perfect example of a big reason why is because of the play of ty robinson yeah. ty robinson played his best game as a husker against northwestern and had one tackle and only had one tackle and you go and the the pro football focus grades i know people want to dismiss those but they suggested that he was the best player on that defensive line and maybe right? maybe on the defense he has 18 pressures on the year that leads the team and you go back and like they the nebraska Instagram, Twitter account was posting highlights, and you know they did a couple of Nash. You watch the play; Nash is getting a one-on-one block. Guess who's getting doubled? Yep. Ty Robinson. Yep. And because people, like, the teams are having to account for him, and so as a result, Nash is getting all of these favorable one-on-one matchups. And to his credit, he's taking full advantage of it. But I don't know if that is happening to the level it has without Ty Robinson playing as well as he has. And he's going to have a decision to make at the end of the year as far as what he's going to do next season it's nfl or come back for another year but uh he keeps playing like he does against northwestern he's going to be a draft pick i think rule will be really honest with guys like ty too he's like hey i'd love you back but you probably need to go i I don't think he's going to be a guy that you have to like i think he's understands ty's a fifth year and it it probably if could hurt his stock to come back you know look at jojo dolman he went undrafted because he was a six-year 24-year-old nfl teams don't like drafting 25-year-old rookies <clears throat> you know, so here you look at that dude. Look at look at him. I mean, that looks like an NFL player. I'll tell you that. That's a dude right there. Yeah, and so 
You know, so they, that's they, where it starts. For why Nebraska's defense has been what it was, it's those two in the middle. Those are their best players on defense from start to hey, finish. Jamari Butler, too, has played well. He's yes, got, he has. So Hupmacher has 17 pressures. Robinson's got 18 pressure plays. Butler's got 17. Does he? Butler has 17 and pressures? Pr- Princewell, in only 128 snaps, has, seven, has 16. Man, Prince Wells got twitchy. So He's twitchy. He was on on threes freshman of the week. You want to see twitchy? This week. What, what, lock in on lock in on Prince Well mm-hmm. when he's playing defense. That's twitchy. So he's he's officially a jack linebacker now. He yeah. was working at defensive he's, end for a while. He so he's is, a linebacker. I mean, he has he he is violent movement. I mean, forty one snaps was his career high last week. They they have some serious young talent up front. Yeah, when you you talk pair him about and Cam Lenhart and Pop, and Van Poppel. and Van Poppel. Those guys are those guys are dudes. One well, Sua and yeah. And you start to go through Jason Machacek. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they've got material. Mason mm-hmm. Goldman's a good body. And the sack man, James Williams. Yeah. 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 Sack man. <laughs> the, remember Rule, Robin, you were listening to the radio with me that night in August when Rule went on a pretty long spiel about how much he likes the, the young defensive lineman in the program. Mm-hmm. That's, a good place to, that's a good place to start. No doubt. All right. When we come back, Abby Barmore will join the show. We'll take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Oscar Line Show. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Stipple, Robin Washett, Abby Barmore joining us here for the mailbag. But before we get to that, this segment of the show brought to you by CHI Health and MyProviderMatch.com. I love my provider with CHI Health Clinic, Dr. Johnson over here on 40th and Yankee Hill. Did you know that CHI Health has created an online quiz to match you with a provider that matches your your personality. It's that easy. Go to myprovidermatch.com, answer a few questions, and be matched with a provider who understands your health goals, including your primary care and women's health providers, pediatricians, and cardiologists. Um, you know, like I said, I, I I actually just scheduled an appointment. I'm going to see Dr. Tyler Evans, former Husker receiver. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to see him on Friday. Tyler. Um, I'll be darned. He's over there on 40th and Yankee Hill, and Dr. Uh, Johnson's over there, and uh, love the providers, the experience that we get over uh, at that building. Um, having someone that can turn you uh, to your health need makes a big difference in your health. That's what chihealthsmyprovidermatch.com does. Matches you with a provider that fits your personality. And that would be a challenge for you, Steve. Ask me my health goals, Sean. What are your health goals, Steve? To so? make it through this show, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> One step at a time. Thank you again to Don't look too far CHI Health for helping Steve Sipple shine his health goals. All right, Abby, what's your uh, on that God, note? Let's awful. get to the mailbag. Yeah, go. Okay, our first one. Which was a bigger Husker win last weekend? Football or volleyball? Oh. And why? <laughs> well, hello. Loaded Jeez, question. Yeah, yeah. Who, who Abby, asked this question, Abby? Abby, if I say football, you'll like walk out of the studio. Yeah, uh, I'm out of here, so be careful. Um, obviously, volleyball. I mean, obviously. Maybe it's the number one team. Yeah, I mean, that was a signature win for John Cook. I mean, Wisconsin was the one blemish in his recent career. I don't know, guys. Beat beating him. a David Braun led Northwestern <laughs> team. I mean,. Come on, seventeen <laughs> with their backup quarterback. I mean, that would be right up there. No, it's it's clearly volleyball. So volleyball outdrew football for TV ratings. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Nebraska had the volleyball team had more TV ratings on BTN than the football team, and that was also Whoa. the most watched regular season volleyball match ever across any network. Crazy. And it makes Probably. sense because Northwestern is not a ratings draw. So, like, that rating for football would just be Nebraska fans. I mean, there's not a lot of national people watching Northwestern on or, TV. Or a lot of Northwestern people watching Northwestern. <laughs> so, my favorite thing about Cooks, like, he was – so he didn't bring it up. He was asked about volleyball outdrawing football. And then he said, well, I'm glad that you asked us tonight to bring it up. But I was, also didn't know, mention that we hold the stadium record for attendance, too. <laughs> How about that? How about Volleyball. That? How true football and owns the Memorial Stadium attendance record. Yeah. 
He likes to set the record straight. That uh, just is in case sure. anybody forgot. <laughs> Still, re- I want that court storm, is. Abby. I was he he wants that court storm. They they he was uh, disappointed that they couldn't pull that off. Mm. I'm well. I don't know if he's said that, but they kind of had. They brought the students down on the court after the match. Okay. I think they let them because John was over there, kind of. Did they give out red cowboy them? hats, or was that like some yeah. students that? So all the students got yeah, red. Yeah, all cowboy. the all the first like whatever few hundred students got them. The ones that were up in the standing room only didn't have a hat, but there was like twelve hundred students there. So I think that was probably a record as well. Did you get a red cowboy hat? I did not. Isn't Don't that she's terrible? A professional. She's, she's a, a professional. All right. Next question. <laughs> okay. I'm not a professional. <laughs> So Nebraska is tackling and hitting a lot more in practice this year. Do you think that that impacts the injuries during the games, more of a wear and tear on their bodies? I'll say the practicing on grass daily and how they do it, then going to turf, that, that raises my radar because grass is better on your, your body, your joints, mm-hmm. than turf. And all of these injuries seem to be happening in the game on Astro, or in yeah, field turf. So field turf. That, that's something that gets my attention, but – they are practicing hard, and, and Rule almost wants to make sure we know that too. The, the only, I think there's only one way to answer this question, and, it, it le- and you know, I can make things as difficult as they can be with the best of them. I think you literally have to go back and look at each injury and how it occurred to answer that question. I, I'd have to focus in on exactly what happened on the play where the player was injured before I enter into a, a a broad-based discussion about if they're all related. How can you do that without looking at each individual injury? Yeah, and, I mean, the fact that they've come from all different shapes and surfaces, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy, guys got hurt at Minnesota. Guys got hurt at Illinois. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know people want to say turf, though, Nebraska's turf is this issue. Well, maybe. Maybe it's a problem, but it's not like the overlying – no, it's turf in general, I would say. Yeah. Now, hold on, though. What, is it wear and tear? Is it turf if a guy just gets blocked into Ethan Piper's knee? Mm-hmm. It's the forgiveness of grass versus turf. That's okay. the debate. Like, okay. You just get that natural ground forgiveness where turf is, you know, like, they, they and you go back to the 80s and 90s when they played on AstroTurf. I mean, that, that was like concrete. It was. We it played, was like concrete. Did you ever, like, we played some high school games on old AstroTurf and, you didn't really wear like you didn't wear cleats. Obviously, you wore tennis shoes. Like you wore your basketball shoes. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. All right. Next question. Yeah, keep it rolling. Does Nebraska win the Minnesota game if it's held at this point in the season? Uh, the question is like, with the deficiencies on offense, how much would that mm. factor in? I mean, I would like to think the defense would play as good or better, and maybe the turnovers wouldn't be there. So yeah, I mean, I think it's plausible that they would win that game if played now. Yeah, turnovers are still an issue though. I mean, they're putting the ball on the turf and throwing interceptions just as much as they were in that week week one game. So that was the biggest issue is the fact that they gave the ball away four times. Well, what did they just do on Saturday? They were reckless with the ball. Yeah, they were reckless. They, would they give it away twice? Two two interceptions. They and fumbled recover, three and times. recovered. Yeah, they fumbled three times and recovered them all. I, I'd say yes, though. I mean, I'm just gonna piggyback like to back off so. with these guys. Piggyback. <laughs> 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 uh, back. Um, go ahead, keep rolling. Okay. Who do you think are the top three Big Ten West defenses? Well, you ne- just said Nebraska. Nebraska, Iowa. Iowa. And then who's the third? I don't I, know if you'd say Wisconsin. You probably. might say Wisconsin, but it's a, there's a drop-off. Mm-hmm. There's a drop-off. I mean, Minnesota, that guy in the secondary. Oh, Minnesota's pretty that good. That guy in the secondary, Robin, that had the pick on Nebraska, he's a first-rounder. Yes. They've got material. Minnesota's got material. I have to look defense. at numbers. I, I, and Abby, I apologize. I, mean, I don't know what the numbers would say. I mean, Northwestern's defense is not bad either. Not bad. I mean, they, they held Penn State in the first half. Yeah, Penn State ended up with 41. But they did tell them to 10. I think it was 10 in the first half, I believe. So I'm, I'm going Minnesota. I'd probably go Minnesota off the cuff. Minnesota off the cuff for number three. Yeah. So the, the yards, the points between Wisconsin and Minnesota are pretty similar. Wisconsin's only giving up 18 points a game. Minnesota's giving up 24. Okay. Every team in this division okay. is similar. That's, yeah, they are. I mean, there's really not a lot of staff, stat differences on these teams. 
eyeball. And I haven't seen Wisconsin except on TV. I saw Minnesota's defense. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And Minnesota just held Iowa to 11 rushing yards. Okay. And a lot of of the basis for me saying Minnesota's the third best defense is them holding Iowa to 11 rushing yards. I do think, though, Newton in that Illinois front. Now, did you know why Illinois blew that lead? Newton got got ejected, yeah. And once he was out of that game, it changed. No way. They fell apart. They fell apart without Newton. You're right, Sean. So, like, his – I mean, he is the star of the West. They're good up front, Illinois. Where they have a lot of troubles, they're back in, Sean. Their secondary is really suspect, Mm -hmm. but they're pretty good up front. All right, final question. What is the worst job you've ever had? Worst job I ever had, and I did it just for a month or two in college, like there would always be this gap from football season in the spring where I just needed to figure out how to make a little bit of money. So you'd, you'd, well, giving, you'd give plasma. Robin did that before. Oh, yeah. Just to, I had to make a little car payment and some things. So like you had to come up with like two or 300 bucks somehow. And I took this telemarketing job um, right down here. Really? And, and you would. Where, how old were you? I was like 19. Oh, and you would just go in and like try to it was a fundraising thing. you'd try to get people to give money to nonprofits and it just not nothing about it felt legit at all and you know it just didn't have a very good feel <laughs> how'd you do I, I was did you get, fine. Some, did you get mean, some going you just had a lot on your mind you had to study and you had schoolwork and it's like god i had to come in and do this for four hours just to make a little money in, yeah. in college at that time um, so that that would be probably my lead. I mean, I worked in an auto part warehouse all through high school, and that was hard work. I mean, you you lifted and moved batteries and heavy stuff, and it was a hundred degrees in there sometimes. Yeah, that's not easy. Warehouse work is not easy. No, because there's no air. They don't have air conditioning. Right. When I was in high school, uh, my dad made me get a, a summer job, and the, there wasn't really much hiring. I didn't really have any skills and so i took a dishwashing job at famous dave's oh gosh man oh man that job sucked that was awful so like their thing was like you get like just trash money but you get a free meal well (laughs) when you spend four hours cleaning up everyone's discarded food and cleaning out just sludge from the the sink and all that stuff you're not wanting to eat. So I didn't even like eat my free meal half the time. There was like dudes on work release working alongside me. Like it was, it was an issue. I'm glad it was only one summer, but you know, the reason my dad one made summer. me do that was like, Hey, you want to, you want to not mess around in school, get used to working jobs like this. That's kind of what my mom. So did it was kind of the uh, kick in the old pants that this guy needed. I never have had a job. I didn't like, except it, it, it never had a full-time job. I didn't like, and never, there's one summer where Sean reminded me of I, I just started the Journal Star and I wasn't making any money and I had to fill in some gaps um, and I worked these um, temporary jobs on vacation weeks right yeah and I worked at the I worked at a lumber yard right down right right in the north bottoms there and it was I it it it, it was too much for me <laughs> I mean I was like I was working with a bunch of young dudes carrying lumber. And I, I was trying to keep up, but you know, I mean, I, I'm like five eight, one forty five at the time. I mean, it was it was rough. I wasn't, I was young enough. I just wasn't big enough. You weren't Jack like you are now. Yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah, it, it like I remember going home and and going to bed like at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was that type of deal. Like I can't. I'm, I'm not gonna. Yeah, you know, it's long. a tough job when you just come home and immediately go to sleep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> going to bed. Anyway, Abby, did you have a tough one? Oh yeah, Abby. Abigail. Um, I haven't had a ton of jobs, honestly. Probably <laughs> like job, probably, five yeah. or six. Yeah, definitely this one. <laughs> but after that, I would say I nannied for a couple of summers, and there was one family where it was pretty well, difficult. I'll just say that. Is that right? They lowballed you a little bit. Uh, no, just their children. <laughs> they were they were behavioral. Difficult. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yeah, let's just do All it. right. On that note, uh, when we come back, uh, we will give some thoughts on the Big Ten. We'll hit on the Michigan scandal next to you're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show, final segment of the show. Before we get to that uh, and some Big Ten talk, this segment brought to you by Steve Sipple. Larson Motors, Sean. Um, okay, everyone. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one spot. Finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. Start your new experience today at Larson Motor Group. Dot com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, real deals. I see a Jeep on there for you, Sip. Mm. You like that idea of me having a Jeep, don't you? Let me see this. Let me see. Oh, yeah, I like Jeep. that white. I like that, that pearly white Jeep. Yeah, I'm were... probably not going back to a full-size pickup. I banged my Silverado around so You're much. a light-duty truck guy. Well, I, I had a big truck, and I just was as a disaster. So, I mean, I, I really banged it around. I mean, look at that Jeep. It's that a simple right on that. Thing. I like it. I like the looks of it. Those things, I always see them. They're nice. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the discussion of the Big Ten last week. Um, the big game, obviously, was Ohio State, Penn State, 20-12. to 12. <laughs> Ohio State wins. Rutgers essentially clinched their birth to the pinstripe bowl with a 31-14 <laughs> win over Indiana. Locked that one up. You heard it here first. Rutgers will be in the pinstripe bowl. Okay. This makes too much sense. What if they keep winning? I mean – I don't Unless see, they keep, they going. might get one more win and get to seven. But even then, they're a natural for that game. Okay. Uh, Minnesota knocks off Iowa on a controversial fair catch, uh, twelve to ten, and uh, that we'll talk about that too. Wisconsin comes back to beat Illinois 25-21 when Johnny Newton was ejected. Um, that allowed them to kind of come back and pull that thing off. Nebraska obviously seventeen nine winners, and then Michigan. 49 nothing, which I think we all kind of felt that was going to happen. Harbaugh was going to go in there and twist the knife into Michigan State and East Lansing. He did. Could have been even worse than 49 nothing, mm-hmm. um, But they get a big win. And let, let's hit on – before we get into these game thoughts, let's hit on the Michigan situation because that win came kind of at the same moment of all these allegations and thing go, things going on in Michigan uh, being you know suspended, analysts being let go for videotaping – other team signals, going to other stadiums, uh, sign stealing. It's been quite the story in college football. It is a story, and it is not a small story because it's a massive advantage that you can gain with what they're doing. It's one thing to steal signals in-game, and, yeah. and which everybody does. Yeah, Matt Rule said it happens every game. Yeah, but it's a whole – it's another deal to, to get them before the game and then be able to practice what the other team is doing. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think the players – probably notice all that much but the coaching staff sure does well did you see the video that came out today no tuesday no somebody got a clip it's ohio state michigan and they found that guy the the connor stallions yeah yeah, stallions and he's standing right next to michigan's defensive coordinator and ohio state's looking their offense they have the ball and they're looking to their sideline getting a play call whatever and he's like standing right next to the d coordinator just watching and then all of a sudden they make the play and he like talks to the defense coordinator and they make a signal and everybody starts making the signal so, like, he is literally identifying what Ohio State is signaling in from the sideline, relaying it to the defensive coordinator, and the defensive coordinator is making a play call. All right, come That's on. Jim didn't know about that? That's cheating. Jim, didn't, Jim, a, Jim Harbaugh didn't know anything about it? He's a military him. decoder. Yeah. He worked in the Marine Corps and U.S. Navy. And he had tickets to over, like, 50 games over the last three years. Himself, on both. or did he just have, like, an army of a well, network? Of they, had, they had a ticket on each, each side of the field. On the sidelines, so Michigan. so depending on wherever like sideline he wanted to be on, uh, they could have a ticket there. And there's video of him holding up a phone, videoing the other team's sideline for an entire game. Like it's blatantly obvious what was happening. Yeah, it was. I mean, again, I, at first my reaction was, "Oh, big deal! They're stealing signs." But after you talk to a, a few people, it becomes clear. No, that's a massive advantage mm-hmm. you get. Did you see the? I mean, the Greg Schiano interview when they played. Uh, Rutgers played Michigan. You know, he basically hinted that, that he knew what was happening. He was like, there's some funny stuff going on right now that shouldn't be happening. 
We just well, got to keep playing football. When they check and then they're automatically checked yes. and do a perfect call, like yes. that would get your attention because these coaches make a lot of money to, to make proper checks. Yeah. And they, it, they broke the rules. It's, you know what's interesting is there was a line in the ESPN story that was fascinating to me. It's hard to get a hold on what kind of penalty there would be because this is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. This has never happened. You can't, can you There's never been wins. anybody busted at this level. Well, and Jim Harbaugh might be coaching the Arizona Cardinals by that point. Now, here's the thing about that, and I get it. And there's some people that kind of brush this off and say, oh, "Okay, this is the this is just seals the deal for Harbaugh to go to the pros." Well, what about his assistant coaches? It's it, the head coach is fine. He's got all the money he ever needs. The assistants, it's another deal. Now, well, I'm sure they are like, "What the hell are we doing here?" I'm, I guarantee you, they're like that. Well, it makes you think twice to, to vote for their players for awards when yeah. they have advantages. Yeah, that's like, a good point, I guess. Like yeah. when you go into a test knowing the answers, yeah. it's a little bit easier to execute. Well, maybe that explains why on the season, here's a stat for you as we get into the games. Here's a stat for you. J.J. McCarthy, 37 incompletions on the season. That's all he has, 37 incompletions. Drew Aller, 24 incompletions against Ohio State. 24 incompletions against Ohio State. By the way, Penn State in that game, 1 for 16 on third down against Ohio State. 0 for their first 15. Uh, I mean, maybe they were scouting, too. I mean, Penn State had no prayer against them offensively. All right, I need to get into week 9 games here. Indiana, Penn State um, this week, 11 a.m. game. Uh, Penn State is a, a big favorite in this one, 32 points. Maryland at Northwestern, Terrapins. Uh, 13 and a half point favorites in Evanston, wow. Michigan State at Minnesota, uh, Minnesota a touchdown favorite in Minneapolis, Nebraska, Purdue, uh, Huskers are two and a half point favorite. And then uh, kind of the marquee matchup of the weekend um, in some respects, Ohio State at Wisconsin on NBC, Wisconsin, a 14 and a half point dog in Madison, which that's a pretty big number from in Madison um, to see a number like that. But you know, some things jump out. I, I think we're curious how Michigan State plays against Minnesota. Obviously, Wisconsin, how, how will they play against a very good team in, in Ohio State? Clearly the best team they've played all year. Yeah, Ohio State, I, that, that number strikes me as too big. 14 and a half, Ohio State a, a favorite. Uh, not, McCord is not the guy they're used to having at quarterback. He doesn't, he doesn't look like a pro he got the job done against Penn State, but I thought he was short-armed a lot of throws, very careful. Uh, he's got to start cutting loose. It's be interesting for Minnesota, too. I mean, they are uh, they got an opportunity here. They're favored this week. they got big favorites against Michigan State. And then you look at the rest of their schedule, they're going to be right in the thick of it. you got Illinois, Purdue right after this. They could potentially win three in a row yep. with the way that they're playing right now. And then you end the season with Wisconsin, which could be a separator game. Yep. So. Good point. Don't rule out the Gophers. No, don't rule out PJ. All right. Make sure um, you join us for our post-game show. We'll be on probably around 8.15, and we do have a margarita sponsor, by the way. Jay Swizzle Sticks is uh, sponsoring the Steve Sipple Margarita, um, and I think he's bringing some chips and salsa and tacos. Um, oh, that he's sounds gonna, awesome. We're, we're repping his um, construction company he wants to rep. So, uh, Sipple, you're, you're covered. We'll rep it. All right. We'll rep well, it good. Thank you for joining us uh, for Steve Sipple. Robin Washett, I'm Sean Callahan, signing off for this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.